الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات ربه وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن دعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Holy Quran. Allah says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانًا حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ كُرْهًا وَوَضَعَتْهُ كُرْهًا وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about parents in this verse of the Holy Quran. وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْ إِحْسَانًا Allah subhanahu says that we have commanded men to be kind to his parents. And Allah gives the reason, Allah says, حَمَلَتُ أُمُّهُ كُرْهًا For certainly his mother had borne him, borne him in pain. وَوَضَعَتُ كُرْهًا And given birth to him in pain. فَحَمْلُ وَفُصَالُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا and the carrying of the child and the weaning of the child, meaning the breastfeeding of the child, takes over a period of 60 months. Today, inshallah, and, and of course, being kind to your parents is an expression of your respect for old age, because generally we get our parents in old age. And being kind to them is a sign of that respect. Not only is it that your Jannah and your Nar depends on your parents. We know that there are many ayat in the Quran which tells us we are responsible for our own actions. And no other person shall bear your burden. But when it comes to parents, your Jannah and your Nar lies at your parents. A man came to the Nabi Sallallahu and said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to repay my father for being my father. I want to repay my father for what he done for me. And the Prophet Sallallahu said, Yes, you can repay him in the following manner. If you should find your father a slave and you give him his freedom, then that is payment for what he had done for you. So of course today there's no more slavery, so unfortunately nobody will be able to pay your father's for what they've done for you. As for the mothers, Prophet said, this, no, you can't repay your mother for what she did to you. Maybe you can repay your father if you find him a slave and you, and, you, and you set him free, but your mom, there's no payment. You can't pay out. You can't say, well, I'd like to pay you out for what you've done for me. No matter how much love you give, how much respect, how much money, all that is in your scale of respect for your parents and honoring your parents, but you can never say, I've paid my parents back. Never ever can a child repay his parents for what they've done for them. But today we're not talking about parents. Inshallah today we're talking about I was wondering what word I should use for the people I'm going to speak about today and I couldn't come to a word which I would feel would be appropriate because I'm also referring to myself. So I don't know if I should call aged, or mature, or old, or older, 
or retirees or pensioners. But if you consider yourself in that group, then today, inshallah, lecture is for you. Of course, it is for all of us because all of us will eventually reach the age where we will ourselves become mature, aged, and whatever else they call cheddar cheese. All right? So then, inshallah, we'll talk about the ahkam or the laws relating to older people, older folk. I think it's an important subject. We haven't spoken about it yet. Um, opening statement is that Islam, the deen of Islam, lays great respect and honor, gives great respect and honor to the aged. Above everything, Islam honors the aged. And we'll hear how. First of all, we know that Islam honors man. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we have created man in the best of shapes and best of forms. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, bani Adam. Allah says, certainly, verily, we have honored the son of man, or the son of Adam. We've honored the son of Adam. Meaning, we've honored all of humanity, male and female. Has been honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Islam then looks at man with honor and respect. And particularly older people. And we shall come to know why older people are accorded a higher status and more respect than younger people. Age, of course, is the fertile ground in which is planted the akhirah. The older you get, of course, whether we like it or not, la malja illa ilay. The Quran talks about running away from Allah. Running away from Allah. Talks about people wanting to run away from Allah. But the Quran is very clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you're only running towards Allah. There's no other place you can run. And the older you get, the closer you run to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the faster you run, the faster you run towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can run away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the older you get, the closer you come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the closer, of course, you get to Akhirah. And... It is older people for who, who has been given fertile ground by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase their good and their obediences to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you're older, you have more time, you can reflect better and so forth and so on. You know, your body can't do what it used to do, so you have to sit down a lot. And when you sit a lot, you can do a lot of istighfar and so forth and so on. As I said last week, the Jannah is an empty place and we by our istighfar and our Tahleel and Tahmeed and Takbir, we plant trees in the Jannah for us. And the Prophet encourages us to always hope to live long. I know there are times when older people say, you know, better my, my you know, it's better if I die, I can't stand this pain, or you know, I'm tired now. But in reality, the Prophet encourages us to always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have a long life. Su'il al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, Ayyu khair? Which is the best people? Which people are the best people? Qal, man tala amru wa hasuna amalu. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The best people are those who live long and do good. The best people are those whom Allah gives a long life. And in that long life which Allah subhanahu wa sallam gives them, they do as 
the best they can. In fact, they do more than they normally do. وَقِيلَ فَأَيُّ النَّاسِ And then the Nabi Sallallahu was asked, said, Ya Rasulullah, and who are the worst people? And the Nabi Sallallahu said, قَالَ مَنْ طَالَ عُمْرُ وَسَاعَمَلُ Nabi Sallallahu said, those people who live long and do not do good deeds. And we'll hear why good deeds are so important. So the best person on the dunya is the old person. Old person? Best person? He's the best person when he hasuna amalu. Tahseen of his amal. Not only amal, but tahseen of amal. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. We ask Allah subhanahu wa Tahseen means adding the ribbons and the bells to what you do. Not just doing it, but doing it with passion. Doing it knowing that you are closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Doing it with conviction. Doing it sincerely. And doing it in order to raise your own self-esteem. Because many people today suffer from a lack of self-esteem. You ask any social worker or any counselor or any psychologist or psychiatrist. One of the main issues that we have in life today is that people have very little self-esteem. What is self-esteem? They think little of themselves. They think they are nothing. They think they not worth. They worthless. They not worth anything. And the best way to raise our self-esteem is to remind us of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. To become Allah conscious. And to become Allah conscious doesn't cost money because many many times people's self-esteem is taken away because they feel they don't have enough money. The most important thing, or they don't have enough qualifications, etc., etc. Or they're not beautiful enough, or they're not handsome enough. And they forget that the diamond lies not in the bank, the diamond lies inside ourselves. All we need to do is, is to polish the diamond. All we need to do is, is to say constantly, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah. And to imagine the Jannah. And to imagine the Jannah. If you don't have self-esteem, imagine what Allah is preparing for you. Hmm? It's like this great scholar who went to America for the first time, and he was sitting in this five-star hotel. Subhan, you know what five-star hotels look like? I'm sure many of you have seen five-star hotels. And amazing, American five-star hotel, just gold and glitz and glitter and this big chandelier hanging there and all soft seats and under, underfloor heating and flowers. And, and he looked at it and he smiled and he said to his students, he said to them, he said, if this is what man has prepared for man, imagine what Allah has prepared for us. If this worldly thing is what man has prepared for us, imagine the castles and the lights and the glitter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for us. So this hadith about the best of men is reported in Imam Tirmidhi, hadith number 2330, if you want to look it up. So this hadith then encourages us to do what? To do good, to increase our good deeds. To increase our good deeds. And good deeds, you can sit and close your eyes and do good deeds. And you can go out into the road and do good deeds. Or you can give charity and do good deeds. You can do so many things. And therefore, good deeds in Islam, Allah has graded good deeds in terms of your age. There's, some, there's going to come a time when you won't be able to fast anymore. There's going to come a time you won't be able to stand in salah anymore. In fact, there's going to come a time you won't be able to make salah anymore. And yet, that is your best time. 
Because that is the time when you can really remember Allah subhanahu wa We'll come to that inshallah. We'll talk a little bit about that. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says in another hadith, and it's not a hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa I'll give you the quotation or the citation of the hadith as I go along. لَا يَرُدُّ الْقَضَىٰ إِلَّا الدُّعَىٰ Nabi sallallahu says that nothing can keep away the qada of Allah. If Allah subhanahu has decreed something for you, something bad, some, this will happen to you or that will happen to you. There is no way you can run away from the qada of Allah except through dua. Dua keeps away bala. Dua keeps away bala. So if you make dua continuously, ask Allah to protect you, protect your children, guide them. Allah subhanahu keeps away the bala. Only qada, that which Allah has written for you. وَلَا يَزِيدُ فِي الْعُمْرِ إِلَّا الْبِرِّ And many people want to live long. I mean, I met a young man yesterday, 26 years old. And I introduced him to my aunt. My aunt is 91 years old. MashaAllah. And she's by a full sense, subhanAllah. Amazing woman. My only aunt that's left. My maternal aunt. And this young man said to me, he said, I want to live like long like your aunt, man. What must I do? I want to live like I live long, to live like you know, until I'm 90 years old. And here Nabi Sallallahu gives the answer. Nabi Sallallahu said, even to live long, what must you do? In labor, doing good increases your age. Many other things will increase your age. Visiting your family increases your age. But here the Nabi Sallallahu specially mentions, bir. Bir, laysa al-birra antuwalu juwa kun qibla al-mashriki wal-maghribi walakin al-birra Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there's a whole verse in the Quran where Allah describes what bir is. Bir is not to turn your faces to the east or the west. Which means bir is not just making salah. Laysa al-birra antuwalu juwa kun qibla al-mashriki wal-maghribi walakin al-birra man amana billah Allah says to believe in Allah and so forth. Do good to everybody, that is bir. To be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That will increase your... Ya Allah, what do we say? What do young people say today? What will increase their honor? Start with the G. Jim. And then you read in the newspaper, so and so ran the marathon for the last 50 years, and suddenly just fell over and he's dead. Perfect heart, perfect brain, perfect everything. Dead. And the man goes to the gym and he dies in the gym. Doctor says, go to the gym, and he goes to the gym, and he gets out of the and he dies in the gym. I'm not saying don't go to the gym. Please, I'm not saying don't jump. Not saying that. Not saying that. I am saying that there is a guideline in our deen for long life. And the one who created us is given that guideline through his Prophet Muhammad And of course, the best way to keep healthy, which I must also follow, is to do what? To eat one-third of your stomach for food, one-third for water, and one-third for air. Because 99% of our illnesses come from, come from the stomach. And we have a responsibility and a duty to assist the older folk, to help them, to create avenues for them, to express themselves. I mean, one of, the, one of the things that I always think about and something which I think we lack in our community completely, absolutely, is that we have no centers for, for older people where they can meet and gather and do what they do as older people. 
In other countries, even in the north, in Durban, I've seen it, in Johannesburg, where there are clubs for Muslims, for older persons. All over the world, Malaysia, I've seen it, in Pakistan, I've seen it, in Egypt, I've seen it, they have these, what they call Nadis, clubs, where old people meet and they do whatever they have to do and they can interface with their own, own age people. What we do it today? The person gets older, has to sit down the whole day. SubhanAllah. Our fathers and our mothers in Cape Town can't go anywhere, except of course for the waterfront, where they don't want to go. That's all the places you can take them to, maybe for a drive and maybe. But there's no place where they can actually meet. And it's a command that we should assist old people to develop themselves. Because why? Nabi Sallallahu said that old people in the community is the baraka of the community. Old people in the community, just by virtue of their old age, they are the baraka in the community. So in this hadith about compassion, about helping Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Nabi said, Muslims in the way they love one another, in the way they respect one another, in the way they are towards one another, is like one body. They are like one body. The mu'mineen is like one single body, with one head and two arms and two legs, like one body. If one part of the body feels pain, the whole body feels pain. If one part of the body feels neglected, the whole body feels neglected. And therefore it is incumbent upon us. Because I see every day our old people just grow old and die. They grow old in their room and they stay in that room and they never leave that room. And everybody visits them there at that home. And that's it. And that's the end of it. And, and the same, is, in fact, is going to happen to all of us. Hmm? And therefore, maybe one of the projects that we have never tackled is that kind of project. We must maybe start that kind of institution for older people. Not to live, but to meet. <coughs> and, and as I said in the beginning, as we get older, our good deeds increase. And as our good deeds increase, we get closer to Jannah. There's a lot of good news for old people, by the way. The pension may not be so good, but a lot of other good news. It's a hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Shaddad. It's narrated by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, in his collection of hadith, hadith number 1401. It's a beautiful hadith. You should listen to this hadith. Abdullah ibn Shaddad, he narrates this hadith, he said, إِنَّ نَفَرًا ثَلَاثَ أَتَوْا أَنَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَسْلَمُوا He says, three men came to the Prophet and all three of them became Muslim, accepted Islam. So the Prophet asked after they became Muslim, asked now who was in charge of them, who brought them here and who was in charge of them. So Talha, Talha said, Ya Rasulullah, I brought him and they're under my care. And they became Muslim and they integrated into the Medina community. And then the Nabi Sallallahu called for people to join an expedition to go make jihad. And one of the men who accepted Islam, he joined the expedition for jihad. And he died in jihad. He became shaheed. Then again the Nabi Sallallahu called for people to join the jihad 
And the other second one who became Muslim, he joined the jihad. And he died. So how many is left? One left. Talha says, the third one died in his bed. The third one didn't go for jihad, and the third one didn't die shaheed. He died, mashallah, in his bed. Talha says he had a dream. After the three of them passed away, he had a dream. He dreamt that he saw these three men in Jannah. Two of them were shaheed and one died in his bed. And he saw that the one who died in his bed was first in Jannah. He was at the head of the queue. And the second one was the person who died first as a shaheed and then the person who died last as a shaheed. So the person who died in his bed, in his comfortable bed, he was first. The person who died on the battlefield, two people who died on the battlefield were second and third. So Talha was confused. He thought to himself, but how is this possible? This man died in his bed, the other two died on the battlefield. Why is it that the one who died in bed is first? And the two shaheeds are second and third. And he mentioned it to the Nabi Sassam Siddhya Rasulullah had this dream about these three people who became Muslim and two died shaheed and one of them died in bed. So the Nabi Sassam said to Talha, Talha, what don't you understand? What is it that's worrying you? What is it that's troubling you? Nabi Sassam said, Laysa ahadun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, there is no one better in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala min mu'minin than a believer. Yu'ammir fil Islam. Who grows old in Islam. Who grows up in Islam. Litasbihihi wa takbirihi wa tahlilihi. Repeat the hadith. Prophet said to him, There is no one afdal, Allah, better in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, min mu'minin, than a believer. Yu'ammir fil Islam, who grows old in Islam, because of his tasbih, and his takbir, and his tahleel. So what does the hadith mean? Hadith will be explained by, by another hadith which I'll quote to you. So the Nabi said, who is the best person? The person who grows old in Islam and does a lot of tadbir and tasbih and tahleel. Means what does he do? He says a lot of Allahu Akbar. He says a lot of Subhanallah. And he says a lot of La ilaha illallah. And other tasbih that people make. Nabi Sassam says, if a man grows old and he does that, there's no better person in the sight of Allah. Who is the best person in the sight of Allah? The person who grows old in Islam and makes a lot of tasbih. Of course he has to make it silly from his heart and continuously make it. So this, this is connected to the three people who died. 
There is another hadith of the Nabi also describing a similar incident where there were two people who died on the battlefield and one person who died on his bed and the person who died in his bed was ahead of the other two in Jannah. And again the Sahabi questioned this and the Prophet said, did not the man who died in his bed live a year longer than the other two? Could not be something. Nabi said to him, did the man who died in his bed not live a year longer than the two persons who died shaheed? And they said yes. Nabi Sallallahu said, did that man not fast and make salah and give zakah and give sadaqah for a whole year more than the two shaheed? And they said yes. And Nabi Sallallahu said, because all of them will go to Jannah. Shuhada is in Jannah, we know that. But that person who had a longer life and did more tasbih and more good, he will be ahead of the shuhada even on the day of Qiyamah. He will be ahead of the shuhada on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the older person, to the mature person, person who lives long. So always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala too for long life inshallah. Now what are the rewards of old age or age? Not just old age, but age. What does what Nabi Sassam say about age when you get to 40, to 50, to 30? What happens at those times? What are the rewards of every age that we pass through? And I think this is important information. مَا مِنْ مُعَمَّرٍ يُعَمِّرٍ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ أَرْبَعِينَ Prophet starts with 40 years old. Because the Quran speaks about 40. 40 being the turning point. Point when you're when you when you're old now you you start you 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 you're at the you're at the you're at the you're at the door of old age you're opening the door at forty. I know the new forty is the old thirty, but either as it may, we're talking about forty years, not uh, not not what we think. So the Quran speaks about forty. Allah says, and when you reach the age of forty, you reach the maximum strength in your body. When you reach the age of 40, you reach maximum strength. From where it is, down. Now this is what I'm saying, مَا مِنْ مُعَمَّرٍ يُعَمِّرْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ أَرْبَعِينَ إِلَّا صَرْفَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ ثَلَاثًا Nabi Sallallahu says, when a man reaches the age of 40, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps away from him three tests, three balas. <coughs> Illnesses in fact, but bala meaning, tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Junoon, madness. If, you, if you're still sane at the age of 40, chances are that you'll be sane, inshallah, till you die. Ask Allah for sanity, you know, that's a great, you know, if you see the people with Alzheimer's and, and, and all that kind of dementia, then you realize how important the mind is. You know, how much we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our minds rather than our bodies. We're always interested in, you know, keeping the body going. But what if the body is fit and the mind is gone? So always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To keep the bind fit. Al-Junoon wa al-Jassam al-Bars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep away leprosy. Nabi Sallallahu says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect the mind. فَإِذَا بَلَغَ الْخَمْسِينَ سَنَةً لَيَّنَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْحِسَابِ When you reach the age of 50, and you die after the age of 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lighten your punishment in the Akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lighten your punishment. Of course, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make istighfar and tawbah and Allah forgives you, something. but assuming you die and you've made a lot of sin, because of your age of 15, you die after 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be uh, merciful, merciful towards you. 
فإذا بلغ ستين إذ يريد the age of sixty رزقه الله الإناب إليه بما يحب الله سبحانه will give you a gift that you love Prophet didn't say what it is he just says Allah سبحانه will give you something that you love maybe more free time I don't know what it is. Maybe grandchildren. There are lots of things. You can think, maybe you can think what happened to you when you were 60 and what gift Allah subhanahu gave to you. فَإِذَا بَلَغَ سَبْعِينَ سَنَةً This is important. If you reach the age of 70, أَحَبَّهُ اللَّهُ وَأَحَبَّهُ أَهْلُ السَّمَةً This is subhanallah. Nabi Sallallahu says, if you reach the age of 70, Allah loves you and everyone in the sama loves you. It's part of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One thing, you know, I reach 70, you know, subhanallah. So we should all try to reach 70. La ilaha illallah. We'll try to go for 70. At least it's the first, you know. So if you're 70, mashallah, so shlama to those of you all 70. Allah loves you. It's a message from the Nabi sallallahu And all everybody in the sama, which all the angels love you. Subhanallah. Because you've reached the age of 70. وَإِذَا بَلَغَ الثَّمَانِينَ And if you reach 80, قَبَّلَ اللَّهُ حَسَنَاتِ If you reach the age of 80, every single good deed that you do is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because today we do good, we don't know where Allah is accepted, we ask Allah, Ya Allah, accept our good deeds. Allah can say yes or no, depending on how you did it. But when you reach the age of 80, every single good deed is written, خلاص. You say subhanallah, khalas written. You make dua for somebody, khalas accepted. Every good deed you give sadaqah, everything is accepted from an 80 year old. Subhanallah. So the next thing is, is you ask Allah to reach, so we can reach 80. Because this means every sujood that you make, it's written. Every ruku that you make, it's written. Now we're not sure. But at that age, Allah guarantees you, every good that you do is written on your record by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَجَاوَزْ عَنْ سَيَّاتِ And every bad deed that you do is forgiven. So Allah writes every good deed, every bad deed you do. Subhanallah. So if you have a mother at home or a father at home and they're eight years old, give them the good news. That every good deed they do is written. Every bad deed they do is forgiven. No matter what they do, it's forgiven. Now comes the beauty and the cherry on the cake of age. I must tell this to my aunt when I see her next time, inshallah. فَإِذَا بَلَغَتِ سِعِينَ If you reach the age of 90, what now? غَفَرَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن دَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخْرَ Allah forgives all your previous sins and all your future sins. Subhanallah. So when you hear somebody died at the age of 90, Subhanallah, it's a person of Jannah. Subhanallah. In other words, you reach the stage of who? Who did Allah promise that He forgave His previous and future sins? Anbiya, Muhammad and all the Anbiya. Allah Subhanahu forgave all their past sins, and Allah Subhanahu forgave all their future sins. Subhanallah. So, watching the marathon, we should aim for ninety, isn't it? Subhanallah, aim for ninety, because then you can say, well, you know, all those things that I did, be written off. But you can't do. Of course, you can't get somebody to keep you alive until ninety. You really have to be alive at the age of ninety.
And you are called, if you reach the age of nine days, Allah's prisoner on the dunya. You know what the prisoner is? Prisoner is you. Somebody has to look after you 24-7. Allah looks after you 24-7. And finally, I think the greatest gift for the 90-year-old is that Allah allows you on the day of Qiyamah to intercede on behalf of your family. See, if you have family who is 90 years old, visit them a lot. So, Qiyamah, they remember you. And if they don't, don't see you in the Jannah, they say, where, where is so-and-so? And say, Ya Allah, I, I want to intercede for so-and-so. And that is why it's always important to visit old people. Not only your own family, but any old person. Look for old people to visit. So they can ask Allah to forgive you. And they, because they, Nabi Sallallahu said, Al-Barakatu Ma'akabirikum. Al-Barakatu Ma'akabirikum. Reported by Al-Hakim. Nabi Sallallahu said, The Barakah lies in your old people. If you want Barakah, visit the old people. If you want Barakah, go to the older job and visit older people. And the Nabi Sallallahu talks to the young people. And what does he say to the young people? مَا أَكْرَمَ شَابٌ شَيْخًا لِسِنِّي إِلَّا قَيَّدَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مَنْ يُكْرِمُهُ عِنَّ سِنِّ Nabi Sallallahu says, If a young man honors an old person, if a young man shows honor, how? You greet the old man first. Don't wait for the older man to greet you first. And if there is a seat, you give it first to the older person. This is not a Western custom that they, that they implement in buses and trains. No, this is a sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, If a young person honors an older person, the moment that he honors that person, Allah already appoints somebody who will honor him when he's old. So every time you honor an older person, Allah appoints someone who will live at the time when you are old, and he will honor you. Which means the more you honor old people, the more people will, old people will honor you. And we should teach this to our children. And finally, we're going to think about old people. You know, old people are old. I have some old people in my family. And you know, it's sometimes difficult, I see them, it's difficult for them when they go to the bathroom, difficult to take wudu, difficult to make salah, they can't remember on the rakat, it's cold, they've got illnesses and so forth and so on. And just generally the memories are not so good. So they start making asr after maghrib, and they start forgetting to make dhur, and they start forgetting these things. Or maybe they're just old, but they by their full senses, but it's difficult. Salah becomes difficult in this cold weather. When an old person is already in bed in Maghrib time, for that old person to get up, for example, for Isha and to take wudu, it's difficult. I mean, difficult even for young, younger people. What about if you're 90 years old or 80 years old or 70 years old? And you've got arthritis and you've got this and you've got that. Or maybe sometimes the older person has to take his medication, say, in Maghrib time. Makes him sleep from Maghrib until Fajr. So how does he make how does he make Isha? What does what does the Deen say? Well, the person just sleeps a lot. The old person falls asleep at five o'clock and he wakes up at twelve o'clock. 
So how does it work? How, how, how does it, how does the Sharia apply to an older person? And also to older people, the Sharia applies differently. So we find that there are older people who, they're by their senses, but they're too weak to make salah in the first place. They're bigger than as we say. Can't make salah. Or difficult to make salah. Or they cannot take hudu. It's not difficult to take hudu. For, very, for many reasons. Or for any other reason becomes difficult. Really difficult for them to fulfill obligation. We know some are difficult than to fast. I mean, we know fasting, older people sometimes can't fast. What do they do? Is there a way out for them, particularly for salah? Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, we know Abdullah ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Abbas was the, the cousin of the Nabi Sallallahu his brother's son, whom he loved very much and for whom he made special dua that Abdullah ibn Abbas should be the person to interpret the Quran for the Sahaba. So he had a special status. Nabi got hold of him and, and pressed him to his chest and said, Allah mafaqtuhu fi deen. Oh Allah, give him, give him knowledge of deen, give him knowledge of the Quran. Make him the one to tafsir the Quran to others. Abdullah ibn Abbas says, إِنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ جَمَعَ بَيْنَ الظُّهْرِ وَالْعَصْرِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَالْعِشَاءِ سَبْعًا وَثَمَانِيًا مِنْ غَيْرِ خَوْفٍ وَلَا سَفَرٍ Abdullah ibn Abbas says that he saw the Nabi combine Salat al-Dhuhr wal-Asr with Asr and Maghrib with Isha seven or eight times in Medina meaning without the excuse of travel nor the excuse of fear Nabi was in Medina and we know that you can only combine Salah when you are traveling and that is only allowed by Imam Shafi and some other madhaib, Abu Hanif of course doesn't allow that, you still have to make the salah you can make two two but you make it, make it on time Shafi says you can make two two but you have to, you can join it so in this hadith, Allah, Abdullah ibn Abbas says Nabi Sallallahu joined the salah dhuhr and asr, but four rakas for dhuhr and four for asr, he joined it he made three rakahs for Maghrib and four for, for Isha and he joined it. And he did this in Medina. And did this when he wasn't traveling. And he did this when he wasn't ill. Or rather when he wasn't uh, traveling and when he wasn't, when there was no fear. He wasn't fearful of anything. Su'ila ibn Abbas fi dhalik. Ibn Abbas was asked by the companions, so what about this hadith? So what about what the Nabi Sallallahu did? Why did the Nabi do this? Why did he about seven or eight times that you saw him, why did he combine and he made you see him do it? He didn't go hide in his room and do it. He did it so Sahaba saw him, Abdullah ibn Abbas saw him do it. Qal ibn Abbas said, Arada Allah yuharrij ummatah. He said the Nabi Sallallahu did this in order not to place burdens on his ummah. And the ulama of fiqh who have seen this, who use it, say that 
The burden which Abdullah ibn Abbas speaks about is the burden of old age and illness. In other words, where there is a burden of old age or illness, it is allowed for those people to combine their four rakats with asr four rakats in the time of dhuhr or asr and maghrib three rakats and aisha four rakats in the waqt of maghrib or aisha. So if you have a parent that is old, Particularly also parents who are old or family who are old who are not by their full senses, but they also by their full senses. You know what I mean? They will deny 500% they're not by that they're not by. In fact, we never talk about it. Not something you talk about. You just accept. You know, the person now said yesterday and today he says tomorrow. That kind of person. You know? He says he did it yesterday and then he says, no, I, I'm going to do it tomorrow. But the person wants to make salah, the person wants to do everything. Of course, first of all, a person in that condition, there's no more salah on that person. There's no more. That person is not called mukallaf. There's no taklif on that person. Whether that person fasts or makes salah or gives zakah or, for example, if the person doesn't fast, you don't have to give fidya on that person, why not? Because the person is not by his full senses. And the Nabi said, al-qalam an thalath. The pen is raised for three people. For three people, nothing is recorded anymore. The person who is not by his full senses until he regains his senses. Number one. Number two, the child that has not reached adulthood. Number three is what? Hmm? The one who slept, who is sleeping, sorry. If you sleep, the pen is raised. Hmm? Now don't think you can sleep the whole day and the pen will be raised for the word and after. No, no. <laughs> or don't think you sleep every morning or the sleep for Fajr. No, 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 no. And the pen is raised. No, pen is not raised for you. You have to make Fajr every morning. So, if you sleep, for example, in Zohar, if you sleep through Zohar and you get up after Asr, then it is as if you, and you make Zohar, it is as if you make Zohar on time. Because you couldn't have made Zohar you were sleeping. Or you were on operating table. Or you were, you, 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 you were unconscious. Alright? So in the mind, when the mind is taken away, what does the Sharia say? Nothing is far from that person. Whatever it may be. So in the case where your parent or your neighbor or your family is in a situation where you know the person is not by force, don't worry about that person anymore. Don't worry, force the person to make salah or to take wudu. If they want to do it, I've got somebody who phoned me and said, you know, a uh, family member said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make salah now and you know, I have to take wudu, but I've got some athlete's feet. Now you must tell me what to do. I said, that's, you know, that's dark. So I explained to her what to do. I said, you know, you first wash your hands in your face and your feet, and then you don't wet your feet, and you come and you sit on your bed, and you take a little bit of water in a mug, and you, and you, and you wet your fingers, and you rub on the whole foot that is not sore, and you dry it nicely. And then for in between, that is sore, where the sores are, you take tayammum for that. After I explained it about five times, 
So I said to her, just wash your hands and your face and your feet, and you don't worry about your feet. Bismillah, tafaddal. Why not? Because the taklif of salah is raised. Because the mind is not fully functional. And when the mind is not fully functional, you allow the older person to do what they want, what they, what they want to do. Even older people, they don't even know what they're making. I know somebody who makes 10 rakats for the world. Why? Because they forget by the fourth one that they've made four. They think they only started the first one. And so they go on and on and on and on. Now don't say, Oh, astaghfirullah, neymah. Kani suni and asfukiyat. And you know, you can't do that and you can't do this. No, 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 no. Remember the penance rate. But for people who are by, who are by the full senses, but they are sick. For them, the rukhsa is given that they can join the salah. But should not make a habit of it. Allah must say, should not make a habit of it. But it is allowed for older people, for what is difficult, especially in winter, to perform, to perform Dua and Asan, Maghrib and Ishai, all the time on its time, they, they can join it. Also for older people, for people who are not old, even for young people who are in a situation where their legs are broken, or they are very, very ill with pneumonia, whatever illness people have, very difficult, they sleep most of the time, they have to take medication. Uh, the rule is, you decide. The rule is, in terms of the degree of your illness, and whatever it is, you decide when you want to do that. Other people can't decide for you. But you can decide for the person who's over 70 or over 80 or over 90. For those people, don't pressurize them. Leave them, mashallah. Especially when they were good people when they were young. They made people who made salah and gave zakah, and suddenly they forget. Don't put a burden and say, oh, mommy, I'm going zakah, you know. No more zakah, no. there's no more. Or pay feed, if she didn't fast, so you must pay feed, there's no feed, no, no fast. That is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ayah, the ayah of the, of, of siyam in the Quran says that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shahir Ramadan alladhi unzila fi al-udan linnas wa bayinatin wa man shahida minkum mushayfa liyasum wa man kana maridan aw ala safarin fa'iddatum min iyami ukhari yuridu Allah bikum al-yusra wa la yuridu bikum al-asr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says for the ill and for the traveler they can break the fast they have to fast it in and if they can't fast it in the, the, the sick person also fine yuridu Allah bikum al-yusra wa la yuridu bikum al-asr Remember, Allah wants to make things easy and not difficult. So don't place difficulty on people for whom there is no difficulty. I'm amazed, you know, when I see on the TV that people are giving certificates to five-year-old children to fast. And I look at this and I say, SubhanAllah, what deen is this? What deen is this that I'm seeing on the TV? What deen is a deen which insists that children of five years old should fast? Which deen? Not Islam. It doesn't come from Islam. So, why do we do this? Why do we put burdens which Allah hasn't put on a child of five years old? And it seems that the younger the child, the more ecstatic the parents are. One of these days, the child will be a, child will be a year old and the child of what? Of mother's milk. And say, so, you know, my one year old child fasted the whole month of Ramadan. 
you know. They had the baby on the TV saying, this baby fasted the whole month of Ramadan. I'm not saying, I'm saying, where is this written? In which din, which kitab, in which hadith? So I see a whole new deen being, oh, the elder people go out to fast, they make the five-year-old fast. And children must establish waqaf. What is this? From where does this come? And you're all excited about all these new fangled ideas that come into the deen. So it's important, my dear brothers and sisters, when we talk about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we impose upon Muslims what Allah hasn't imposed on them, then the blame is on us. Then the blame is on us. A child is only supposed to fast from the time that the child becomes an adult. Yes, the Nabi Sallallahu did say, maybe after 10, you should try and make them fast half day like our parents did. You know? Or have breakfast in the morning at 8 o'clock and then maybe come home after school at 3 o'clock. There must be some sort of training, but not at 5, five years of age. I mean, it's pushing the envelope too much to the edge. So may Allah subhanahu wa give inshallah that we all reach old age. And may Allah subhanahu wa give that we must reach such an old age that, you know, where all our previous and future sins are forgiven. And this shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This shows the mercy of Allah That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can see by this one hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not there to put us all in Jahannam. You know, the moment you die, he grabs you from the grave and he pushes you into a, into a pit of fire, you know. People have this idea of Allah Subhanahu Allah Subhanahu wants to forgive you before you reach the grave. Not after, he wants to forgive you before you, and he does it without you even knowing it. You reach a certain age and there you go. Say to Jannah. May Allah Subhanahu grant us that. Inshallah, wa ta'ala, alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa ta'ala.